Welcome to the VMware Multi-Cloud Podcast. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today, I have my co-host, David Jasso. Today, we're going to be talking about VMware Cloud Foundation and basically the state of VMware Cloud. So, David, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Eric. Fantastic. So, on the show today, we have Lee Coswell. So, David, why don't you uh, introduce Lee, and uh, we'll get going. Sure. Thank you. Hey, Lee. Happy. Um, great to have you here today. Um, fun to have you and catch up on VMworld, um, v VMware Cloud Foundation and sort of how you see the marketplace. Um, why don't you, uh, you know, tell us about yourself, give us some background both at VMware and things you did before, and uh, then we'll pick up from there. Yeah, fantastic. And thank you so much for having me on the, on the show. We were just talking about how uh, you're getting famous, right, as uh, people are really looking for new sources of information. And, you know, this is just a great way to kind of level set on the rapid change of innovation happening at VMware. So uh, my responsibilities, VP marketing across vSphere, our flagship product, vSAN, as many know, uh, now just past 30,000 customers, adding 100 customers a week. And then VMware Cloud Foundation, right, the full integrated stack for on-premises as VCF, uh, it's also the underpinnings of the architecture we have across all of our hyperscaler and our VCPP partners. So yeah, it's been a great uh, four and a half years here. Uh, before this, I came in through a long line of flash companies, uh, including uh, NetApp from the storage standpoint, Fusion IO, many will rec uh, remember, uh, and then interestingly enough, this is my second time here at VMware. I was here back in 2002 launching uh, ESXi. And so great to see the pace of innovation unchanged uh, and look forward to talking to you more about how it's being deployed today. Cool. Hey, you and I had a chance to sit down and chat the other day and we were talking about um, you know, kind of what, what's interesting, what's happening. Maybe we can start off with some of the observations you had, you know, around, you know, what other industry leaders have said around what's happening and then uh, talk about your point of view of what it means from, a, you know, thinking about cloud on premise and and then taking that into the public cloud, those kinds of things. But, you know, maybe some background there. There was uh, some interesting things you'd, you'd uh, been following from uh, Microsoft and, you know, Pat Gelsen, your our prior CIO. Maybe we can start with that. Yeah, you know, I thought one of the interesting things uh, that Satya Nadella said recently is that we've reached the maximum consolidation we're going to see. In other words, you know, the industry goes through cycles of uh, pulling things together and then breaking them apart, as all know, right, from a client server day. Uh, you know, in storage, we saw this with integrated scale up systems breaking apart into scale out systems like uh, hyperconverged, for example. And I think we're seeing the same thing now where, you know, if the original thought was things were going to go like all the way into the hyper, you know, into the public cloud. Uh, what we thought to be true and is turning out to be true is the distributed hybrid model is what's going to exist. Now, Pat actually uh, did allude to this in his three laws that he talked about, which was basically the laws of physics, the laws of economics, and the laws of the land, right? And basically what that meant was <laughs> you can't afford latency to get to the storage for every data and you know data transaction. Right. Mm -hmm. It just means that you can't go all the way to the cloud, right, for everything coming back. And so you're going to want these distributed environments. As we all know, if anybody who's tried to send like, you know, just a, a movie file around, right, it takes time, latency, right. it's not faster free. So I think that dynamic that we have, this distributed hybrid cloud, is really the what we think is the end case or the end goal for many customers. And VMware actually has a very interesting strategy to make that possible. 
Cool. And uh, so he said law of the land. Um, I think that got to some of these issues around um, what we're seeing with how uh, data sovereignty rules, data privacy, all those kinds of things. Uh, and then law of economics, you talked about physics. Uh, maybe you can expand on law of economics as well and law yes. of the land. So, you know, any economist will tell you that there's always a premium you pay to rent other than to own, right? If you think about it, right? right? Now, at the same point, though, you don't want to own everything. And what we're finding is it's increasingly you're looking carefully at things you can rent. And it turns out a lot of things are capable because of the distributed, you know, because of the Internet, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, and compute is one of those really interesting areas. Right. And so thinking about how I can spin things up and spin them down. Right. Gives you the flexibility. It's a little bit like, you know, if you think about when you, you know, when do you use Uber and when don't you use Uber? All right. So if you travel to Philadelphia and you're going to be there for a couple of days, well, you'll you'll rent something because guess what? Uh, you don't want to buy something. Right. You don't need it for that point. And there's transaction costs. Right. So you'll rent it. Right. Because it's transactional. At the same time, at home, for many of us. Right. I mean, you don't use Uber every day. Why? Well, because uh, you know how to drive. You know, you're going to be driving. Well, <laughs> And these these times a little bit more uh, less, than, <laughs> less than some sometimes, uh, and you know for most cases, right, parking is free. But you start making this calculation, right? Right. And what we're finding, right, is it's actually interesting to watch us now disaggregate even different types of compute. I'll give you an example: DR, right? Disaster recovery is one of those elements where you actually only want to fire up the servers on an event. You don't want them sitting powered all the time. And yet that's what many customers have done in the past. They've had a secondary dedicated data center mm -hmm. in New York, for example, it would be across the, the across the river, right? Sitting in Jersey, yeah. right? And these were like empty buildings, but full of CPUs, storage, networking, right? And so the idea was, listen, what you really want to do is you want to make sure the data is protected. And then you want to basically spin up compute on an instance or to be able to test. And this is a really interesting area to think about the cloud. And our new VCDR offering, for example, this is VMware Cloud Disaster Recovery, allows you to take your on-prem infrastructure and respond to a ransomware attack in five days. Why is that? Mm -hmm. Well, because we're actually now deploying the cloud, giving you the rentability of the cloud when you need it and making sure that your data is there ready for failover. So it's these types of you know, integrated, innovative thinking that's helping customers determine what's the most cost-effective way to deploy VMware across their hybrid cloud. Cool. So we've talked about uh, the three laws, and and I think what uh, you know, takeaway we you know when we're discussing this, so you wind up you know sort of with this notion of it's a distributed world, right? You're gonna you're mm. gonna have you have to sort of optimize across you know where you put things and what goes into the cloud and and also what's on premise or on the edge. Um, you know, one of the things that we 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 talk a lot about VMware. We've in the last few years talked about um, you know, how we can provide a path to all the hyperscalers and all of our partners. We've talked less around sort of how we're transforming what's happening on premise. Maybe, hmm. you know, talk a little bit about, you know, what uh, uh, this cloud stack has meant for folks that are running, you know, still running the data center and looking to transform how they how they operate there. Yeah, well, it's interesting to look at parallels and also differences between the public cloud and what's happening on prem. So some of the parallels are that, you know, in the public cloud, it runs on servers, 
right? Servers are really the underpinnings of a scale out system, right? At very large scale with a commodity hardware underpinning. And similarly on-prem, right? If you looked at hyperconverged, for example, and our ability to take virtualized compute and storage and SDN or software-defined networking and putting those on top of servers, right? You get this seamless scale-out model and x86 cost economics, right? So a lot of you know similarities there, but there's a difference, right? In the public cloud or hyperscaler world, you have such large scale, right? That it actually makes sense to go specialize. And so I'll give you in the storage world, right? You specialize not just on like, hey, here's storage and it's independent than compute, but you'll specialize down to, hey, here's an object store, S3, for example, or here's a block store, EBS, or here's a file store, EFS, right? In the AWS uh, environments. Uh, and similarly, actually at large applications like YouTube, you'll have application specific infrastructure designed for a specific app, right? Mm -hmm. On the on-prem world, it's almost invariably the opposite. What you have is mixed workloads of all different types. And you're trying to go and scale those mixed workloads and be able to manage those across like a common operational IT team that you're trying to keep as focused and simple as, you know, as, as contained as possible. So what you have now is VMware is helping you manage this distributed, incredible scale of workloads. Mm -hmm. all the way from file intensive systems up into CPU intensive systems in memory databases like SAP HANA. And you can manage all of those with the same user interface, right? That the vSphere administrator is now investment protected across those. Most of these systems are flash, so you can mm -hmm. like support the performance needs. And finally, the really interesting part I think is that you can now investment protect for whatever cloud, multi-cloud that you wanna go and operate in the future because we have the same stack running across both sides of the wire. And so you can take an application that's running on-prem and now be sure that you can go and migrate it, replatform it, repurpose. I mean, you could put it across the hybrid cloud and manage it with the same integrated model you have on-prem. That's cool. Uh, you, uh, for the economic standpoint, I also, you know, I think uh, there's been innovation going on there in terms of like how you how you do the cloud on premise, right? So there's been a, a focus on lately in, in a lot of talk around local cloud. Maybe talk about sort of what some of the options are there for people when when they're doing things on premise and they want to bring cloud into the environment and what some of the options are for folks uh, thinking about, you know, making that simpler. Yeah, I mean, cloud is probably one of the most misunderstood words in, in history. And if you remember Web 2.0, remember that, right? Like all of a sudden it became everything to all people, right? And so, um, you know, cloud in my version, you just change the words, letters, right? It's could. <laughs> what could you do, right? So what you could do, right, in a private cloud is it means you can basically deploy seamlessly and change things flexibly without having to change physical attributes. Mm-hmm. That's a really important aspect. And right, what VMware has offered, and a lot of people don't quite grok this, is that when you get, when you wanna to organize today, you have to organize around the part of your business that's changing the fastest. Mm -hmm. And it used to be like, you know, hey, there's a change in server architecture. We've got like new Intel CPUs, AMD CPUs coming out, and sort of there'll be buying cycles based on that. But what people are really trying to do is they're trying to accommodate the fastest changing part, which is, the applications. That's what's mm -hmm. changing the fastest. So when, when the applications are changing this fast, you have to be able to say, hey, listen, 
if someone, for example, decides I'm going to go launch a new application this quarter, right, to go and you know give me some competitive advantage, how do I go and make sure that infrastructure can change at the pace of the applications? That's what we mean when you go from a VM-centric view or even container-centric view today. And I can now say, there's new applications. They have these characteristics. I'll apply this much CPU, RAM, capacity, IOPS, QoS. I'll do it all from the VM and be able to populate it across my private cloud and even be able to transcend that into the public cloud. That's leverage, right? That's operating mm -hmm. leverage. And that's what's getting customers excited today about the VMware cloud. So, so Lee, it is fascinating what you've just take us, taken us through because in a real sense, it's about the usage pattern, right? And then the three laws that that, that Pat brought to the table, which is, you know, economics play into it, the physicality yep. of the data and the physicality of the application. So when you're looking at these apps, you basically have to like look and then apps are spinning up, spinning down, and you don't have, I think, time to deal with, you know, on-prem, off-prem, and a different structure across all these, just having that single structure that then can be dynamic and allow you to dial up or down depending on what the app needs, right? It's kind of like, yep, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, rent shovel. I have a shovel in my backyard, but if I want a tractor, I'm going to go down and rent it because the usage pattern is just so much different. That's the economic piece, right? So it is fascinating that as the cloud matures, right, and this new model and matures, that the application dictates kind of the you know where that what the needs are, the physical needs. The economics is always playing a part, and uh, and then you can, but having that common infrastructure below it all allows you just to, to deal with the realities of those three paradigms. Listen, I remember debating back in the mid 2000s, right? Around the, the hyper, basically the hypervisor becoming a commodity. Remember this discussion, right? Yeah, like, sure. well, all right, and so you're like, and yeah. you know, there was the Hyper-V threat, right? There's KVM certainly from an open source standpoint. And you know, other folks have looked to go and bring hypervisors in. But here's what I'd suggest, right? We've never seen so much pace of change happening below the hypervisor. So new CPUs coming on board, right? New memory types. We've got flash, of course, but persistent memory, right? NVMe over fabric, right? From a storage standpoint, RDMA, right? Coming from a networking standpoint. And then and even SmartNICs, by the way, and DPUs, right? Which sure. we've announced the project, but, you know, Monterey, right? But then also on top of the hypervisor, right? The applications have been changing dramatically here as well, right? And so bringing in containers, right? Where we've assimilated them with the same intrinsic security, the same management model, right? With in integrated Kubernetes, right? As part of, uh, you know, vSphere with Tanzu. And then finally, right? New applications, including our work with NVIDIA. So if you think about like AI, ML, right? Listen, everyone wants access to the VMware customer base. Why? Because we have the biggest, most robust customers, but also customers at scale, right? Over 300,000 customers running vSphere, for example. And so what we've done by innovating in the hypervisor and continued innovation, and then extending that to the full stack means we're allowing customers just consolidate management. Right, you are running VMs, now you can run containers. Awesome, great. You are running on-prem, you can run extend into the hybrid cloud. You are running traditional VMs or traditional applications. And now we're taking AI applications with GPUs, right? Shared, embedded, supported by uh, NVIDIA. Like that's an incredible amount of value for customers to figure out how do they do more with the same amount of management. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Reducing the complexity. David? Yeah, and that's some um, great stuff. You you hit on um, something, and and maybe we just um, 
sort of, you know, look at it from just slightly different view, which is, um, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about this idea of, you know, the, the right, you know, sort of the right cloud platform for any kind of cloud environment and also for any kind of app. And uh, I think we, you know, I think I look back and we started with our, you know, sort of extending to um, first for VM, VMware Cloud and AWS was sort of the first, you know, big candidate in that. But then you, you mentioned Project Pacific, uh, not necessarily by name, but talked about what we did there, which sure. is sort of extending and yeah. in, in focusing on Kubernetes and having a single model across that. And then Project Monterey, maybe we we'll talk a little bit more about the, this idea of innovation and keeping up with innovation because we, you know, you hit on it, but maybe we can be, you know, just take another uh, sure. walk across it in terms of uh, yeah. how much innovation we're doing down at the platform level, particularly around infrastructure, you know, which is, I think you just, uh, you walk through some of that, but maybe we could just revisit it to, to just um, put a sharper point on it. Well, at VMware, projects become products. <laughs> <laughs> the way that That's awesome. things yeah. evolve, right? Yeah, so, you know, we had Project Pacific, right, was the idea. And Pacific was designed like the ocean to be broad, right? Mm -hmm. And the broad concept was that, you know, containers were adding complementary value to VMs. VMs were about managing infrastructure at scale resiliently, and containers were about the speed of development. And so mm -hmm. here we had many, you know, containers being run in VMs anyway, but the idea of having integrated Kubernetes support, you know, I always alert people like, look carefully at what we integrate into the hypervisor, because these are the things we believe will benefit most from resource efficiency, performance, right? Even at the risk of elegant design, like into the hypervisor, which is not easy, by the way. So designing in this way allowed us with Project Pacific to then launch the Tanzu portfolio. Mm -hmm. Right, and Tanzu meaning root or branch or container, depending on what language you're looking at, uh, basically then extended our management model into modern, what we call modern or container-based Kubernetes orchestrated applications. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's kind of step one. We announced the project two years ago, announced products within a year, right, at VMworld. And similarly, this past year, we announced Project Monterey. Now, Monterey, like the canyon, is deep. Right now we're going deep. And when you go deep, what we're looking at is how do you now think about the next generation of applications and how they will run? And we took a couple of interesting notes here. Number one is that CPU cycles are relatively scarce today because of the slowdown in Moore's law. Mm -hmm. Similarly, or at the same time concurrently, the CPU cycles are increasingly being demanded to do more and more non-compute things, including, by the way, some of our stuff, right? So ESXi, right, mm -hmm. vSAN, you see, you start looking at the networking stack. And so what we started looking at was, you know, what was called either a smart NIC. Now, smart NIC isn't actually technically correct, in my view, because a NIC is subservient to the CPU. And that's not what we're talking about. This is mm -hmm. These are largely ARM-based offload engines, but they're acting as a data processing unit or a DPU, mm -hmm. where that DPU then is actually at a similar level, right? You've got now GPUs, DPUs, and CPUs, but they're all acting interla you know, interrelated. But this new DPU architecture called Project Monterey for us, which will evolve into products, probably check in VMworld would be a good time to you know, mm -hmm. see what we're up to, would be the now start thinking about how can we offload those relatively scarce CPU cycles so the CPU can do more actual application processing. 
and we can introduce some really new cool management elements. So I'll give you three to think about. One is secure boot, so particularly important in these days, right? Around secure boot from the offload engine. Number two would be a distributed firewall. Think about a distributed firewall where east-west traffic is now increasingly dominating the amount of traffic, even for north-south traffic. And so that's second. And then third, you know, this will be the first time that VMware can extend our management domain into bare metal, right? Because you'd have bare metal environments running on the central CPU. So in, that, in essence, you start to see like, here's the innovation and we're working with key partners, right? Uh, we mentioned, uh, you know, NVIDIA, Pensando, Intel are three of the early development partners, along with supporting work from Dell, of course, right on the server side, HPE and Lenovo. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing how much innovation is happening down, as you said, you know, sort of below that line that people don't tend to think about, but it's just an incredibly active area. Yeah. Um, the uh, the one thing uh, we've also, um, you know, been working with uh, providers like Dell to bring sort of a simplified um, management approach to the data center, right? With uh, like things like uh, VM. VMware Cloud on Dell EMC, right? So maybe talk a little bit about those models and how they fit into the picture. Yeah, so here's a, I, I have a little Rosetta Stone around how to figure out VMware naming, which can be a little bit confusing at times. <laughs> so uh, in our cloud portfolio- Just a little bit. <laughs> sometimes, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, whoever's name goes first is who's managing the service. So if you think VMware Cloud on AWS, being managed by VMware. And that's why VMware, you know, started there. Our, you know, highest value is there, right? Because that's a VMware portal, VMware managed, right? And similarly, the VMware cloud um, on uh, Dell EMC, VMC on Dell EMC, is now that same cloud experience now delivered on-prem, but managed by VMware. Importantly, right? Very so cool. the management aspect, right? And so this is for customers who are trying to get out of some of the day-to-day -day IT operationals um, uh, routine. Why? Well, because they're trying to spend more time managing applications, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to free up people to do what they're increasingly being valued on at the end of the day. Every business is now a software business. Competitive differentiation is based on getting a new app out. So if you can get the infrastructure the heck out of the way, now all of a sudden you can focus on that. So in any event, right, that's how that, now we are also partnered, I mean, and we have customers with, you know, very important uh, projects on Azure, for example, where we have our Azure VMware solutions managed by Azure, right, in that Azure, case, right, or yeah. Google <laughs> Cloud, right, you used to get yeah. Google Cloud yeah. VMware engine, right, you can see is it managed by Google. And so, I mean, that gives you an idea of how we're working to make sure that customers are, they have some pretty interesting choices ahead of them, right? And what I like about VMware strategy is we're giving customers the freedom to exercise the degrees of freedom they want in the future even if they don't know precisely what they need now. And this is important, right? So for our 300,000 customers, many are using containers, some are not, but if they want to, it's fully their investment protected. Some are integrated with the cloud, some have independent shadow IT things working on the cloud, but to the extent that they want to go and develop an integrated story, they're completely set up for a consistent operational model into the hybrid cloud. 
And these are the sort of investment decisions, right? What's true about today? It's incredibly uncertain, mm -hmm. right? We we're just talking about like schools and things yeah. like, man, it's hard to figure out like what's going to happen next month, next week. And it seems to change day by day. So in an uncertain time, you want to make sure that you're buying into an architecture that gives you the flexibility you anticipate you may need. Cool. And gives you tons of leverage too, because you're starting with something known in most cases, right? And a career uh, um, for our, our our managers, right? These your administrators yeah. can now be a cloud administrator, a Kubernetes administrator, an hey. AI facilitator. It's awesome. Yeah. It's Lee, awesome. I, have, I have one question on this. Like when we're talking about uh, cost and operating this environment now, you actually yeah. see this this need of expensing it versus purchasing and amortizing. How are we doing with regards to being able to make this affordable in chunks? You know, whether it's subscription or SaaS service, is VMware getting to the point where you know, one of the things I like about AWS and the clouds is I just, you know, I have to pay for what I'm going to use next month. I don't have to buy a three-year big enterprise deal to make this happen. How are we responding in this space? Yeah, huge initiative for us to make sure that we're providing competitive operational leverage, if you will. Um, and so you'll see more from us, um, you know, coming up just shortly, right, on how we're making it flexible for customers to deploy on the location they want. That's important, and to get an operating model right that allows their flexibility. Now, I will point out though, it's not a one-size-fits-all model, right? You know, if you know that you're going to use something and you want a predictable plan and listen, some funding models where people are very sensitive to OPEX and actually not as sensitive to CAPEX. Interesting. And so in those models. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, you also, um, you know, depending on your, you know, it turns out interest rates are relatively low right now. Right. And so, you know, as you look and think about the investments you want to make, uh, we certainly have customers that are doing both. And I do know for a fact, right, some of the cloud companies are doing exactly the opposite. They're trying to package up their asset, their things to put it into more like a perpetual license model so that customers aren't surprised. Mm -hmm. Right. Because oh, right. that yes. flexibility yeah, right. can lead right. you to some interesting surprises. This, you know, so what I'll say is, uh, you know, we are intent on making sure that customers have complete flexibility from us to deploy and consume on the choice that they prefer. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes Thanks, sense. Dave. So, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, it just reminds me, you know, we've, um, we've, you know, we've uh, made, we've made great headway in uh, just augmenting the perpetual license offerings we had with uh, offering SaaS, but also yeah. subscription, even for the things that are on premise. So I think, uh, you know, we're given, we've given that that all fits with this idea of choice. This is not just the technology, but it's also all the everything else that comes with it, including the licensing mechanisms as well. Right. So it's all great. Um, you know, this has been a great catch up, Lee, on, uh, on just sort of, you know, the state of the world as it relates to VMware Cloud uh, Foundation and sort of all the innovation that's happening there, both from a technology and also licensing standpoint. Um, Eric, you have any additional questions and, you know, maybe then we'll move to how folks can learn more and what you're up to next, Lee. No, go ahead, Lee. We can. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun 2021. Uh, I got to get used to yeah. saying 2021 <laughs> here as as we come back out of COVID. Right. Um, I think there's there's always for me for wrap up questions. You know, wh where do you think? Um, you know, as we come out of COVID and the operations model adjusts back to you know the pendulum has clearly swung to digital and everything. You know. 
from your home. There is no going into the data center. Do you, do you see, you know, stuff coming back or are we kind of pegged to, did this accelerate the journey? I guess, what do you think of the coming out of COVID and where did we land here? Well, there's no question in my mind, right, that COVID made it harder to access a data center. And so, and you can see that in some of the products that we offer where, you know, some that can be added into existing environments were actually continued at pace. Um, and then some that required more kind of, I, I think there was a little bit of a pause, right? And some things that required more of a active, um, let's call it modernization effort. Um, but I think that the pace of application change is what's gonna drive, drive that the yeah. next piece, right? And so and there's also one other aspect to think, most of our customers are gonna be multi-cloud, right? And mm -hmm. you can't really afford, to, it turns out like the, the cloud's tools are different, right? Across each one of those. And so if you wanna set up like an independent team for every cloud and have an on-prem, I mean, all of a sudden it becomes really problematic to think of how you're gonna scale that. And this is where the value that we have, right? Is to say, well, listen, let's think about the applications that you might want to deploy and then kind of come back into it and say, how might you do that in a way that consolidates the operating time and skills that you require? And then you can come back and say, listen, what I really want to do is I want to make sure a couple of things are not lost in any of this. I don't want to lose uptime. I don't want to lose security. I don't want to include management, right? Consistent across scale. And I don't want to like isolate my existing skill base. These are the sort of decisions that lead you to believe like, how do I get to a full stack answer, right? That's going to respond quickly enough to the apps. It's nice. Cool. Well, I, I got to say this from the, from this podcast, one of my big takeaways here, and I'm going to start using this when I talk to people. My favorite family vacation is when I pile everybody in the minivan. I have four kids, or I had, now I'm getting older here, but, and we would drive up and down California coast, right? And why? Because I own the minivan. It's super efficient to own the minivan, right? And drive it around because you don't have to, you own it. You're, you're, you're already amortized it. It's a great thing. When we fly to New York and have a family vacation, we don't buy the minivan. It's a expensive we do it it's a different it's a different workload and i can see that analogy here when i'm considering cloud and when i'm considering workloads i got to look at the whole economic piece of it um i like the idea of you hone some components of it because on those high volume things you, you don't want to get the, the the 15 million dollar bill from amazon at the end of the quarter because we have a high volume app that went crazy for the quarter um and so that's that's the analogy of the minivan it's the rental car versus you know owning it right so the, thank you for that that's a that's a great analogy that i'll try to pass on to people which is because everybody wrestles with the multi-cloud and where does it make sense and how do i how do i manage that now we got kubernetes you know the applications layering in how am i how am i determining where to go where that line is and uh, certainly high volume applications and things that you want to own because there are things that you're you're going to be using up for a long time and you're going to you can get that value out of it versus the rapid project that spins up for a year and then goes away you know, this is an opportunity to take advantage of, but then yet having a common highway system that allows whichever I use, I can still drive the car around the freeways and not worry about it. And for me, that's VMware and the, and the stack that enables this. So. Yeah. And I just had one comment to add, because I think there was one another thing you said, Lee, that I just really resonated, which is the uncertainty issue, right? Which is, you know, you know providing a way to deal with uncertainty. So, you know, that if you make certain decisions, 
uh, you still have all your options open in the future. You haven't cut off anything, right? So that's uh, that's pretty uh, pretty awesome as well in terms of uh, how VMware is approaching um, providing a platform that works today, but also allows people to deal with the uncertainty and the massive amount of uncertainty around what tomorrow looks like. It's awesome. Good stuff. Okay, how do we follow you, Lee? And uh, where 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 are good places to go follow up with kind of the the, the VMware's cloud offerings? Yeah, great. Well, you can certainly follow me personally at, at Lee Caswell, one word, and uh, on Twitter, and you'll find the newest things coming up on the VMware Cloud Foundation, our vSphere, vSAN, work we're doing at NVIDIA, some things that are happening around uh, uh, you know, new Kubernetes uh, and Tanzu uh, applications. Uh, also, uh, you know, from our website, right, all of the materials around VMware Cloud Foundation, you'll find some terrific things that go down either specific to the application from a technical marketing team led by Wei Gohei, or you'll find even on the positioning side of like, how do we go and take things like our newest application basis? Uh, Sheldon DePaver runs a team doing all of the uh, product marketing uh, around that. And so you'll find that there's really great assets to help you learn more, right? As you go figure out how to go and get deployed, how to get started on this and leverage what you already know today because of your investment in vSphere. All right, so we should spell at Lee Caswell, L-E-E-C-A-S-W-E-L-L. Perfect. Give him a right. follow on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, it's been great having you, Lee. Thanks so much yeah, for coming today. David and uh, Eric, thank you so much. Uh, always a pleasure to see you both, and uh, thanks again. Thanks a lot. Thanks.